Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. We're very excited. We have a great show to you for you tonight. This is John Massengill. I'm sitting in the studio. And I've got Les Kaiser and Jonathan Green on the line via Zoom. Howdy, boys. How are you? Good day. Yeah. It's Easter Sunday. Happy happy egg, egg hunting. Yes. How about you, Les? Did you any egg hunting? I, I, I see some bright colors in the background, but. Yeah, no, no, no egg hunting. Uh, doing brake job on the 993 I've got in the shop right now. And uh, some, somebody stole your wheels there. That's all right. They got fresh brake pads. I get to go bed them in after this show. Oh, so, yeah. There you yeah, go. Here. All right, we also, we, we're very excited. We got a great show for you tonight because we have a special guest we're about to introduce, but we're going to talk a lot about, we're going to talk a lot of MotoGP tonight, and we're going to talk some Trans Am. We'll talk a little Formula One as well, but I want to introduce our guest because we have a member of America's Motorsports Royalty with us tonight. We have Adam, Adam Andretti. Adam, welcome to Speed City. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you all for having me. I'm really excited to do this uh, hour with you all. Well, thank you very much for coming on with us. And I want to let Jonathan do a proper introduction, as they say in uh, in England. So, uh, okay. yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. Everybody I loves think... a Jonathan Green introduction, by the way. <laughs> That's right. Can't go along with one. My lords, ladies and gentlemen, may I say that for the last four years, I have had the pleasure of several Andretti's, including Mario and Adam, but Adam more closely. Mario, when we used to do a little bit of Coda stuff and had some great conversations with him, but Adam I've been working with uh, quite literally because he's in our Trans Am series in TA, chasing Ernie Francis Jr., but we're hoping to distract him this year with as many championships as possible for Ernie Francis Jr., because um, he has won seven in a row, and Adam's ready to win. Um, but, um, yes, Adam has also joined me as a co-commentator, because obviously he is the closest thing I can find to somebody who's just been out in a very fast car on the very same track. So Adam and I have been um, hanging out in the commentary booth for the last couple of races at Sebring and Road Atlanta, and he's currently third in the championship in TA, and he's also running some very special colors, which I'll let, let, you, let him explain. Adam, welcome to Speed City. You're always welcome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, Jonathan. And uh, yeah, it's been a special time uh, in Trans Am with us. It, it's a place I've really found my home in, in the motorsports world. And I love making my name there. It was the one place really in American motorsports that the Andretti name had not had a foot in there at all. So I was the first Andretti to and the only Andretti to this day to compete in the Trans Am series. So that's something I carry a lot of pride in because uh, in our family, we seem to have uh, dabbled our toes in every aspect of four-wheel motorsports. So uh, so this is that, that's definitely a great, great sense of pride for me. Uh, the other sense of pride, as you mentioned, the livery that we've been running on the race car. Uh, we, we lost my brother John to colon cancer back in on January 30th of 2020. And uh, immediately the race team that I drive for, ECC Motorsports, AJ, uh, the owner of the team, is our team principal, and I have been close, close friends for, for uh, many years, almost 20 years now. And and, uh, you know, it hit him just as hard as, as it hit me, you know, as, as being fam, you know, really an extended part of our family for so long. And he, um, he goes, I want to do something special. And he said, you know, uh, the last time your brother won a cup race was in the petty colors. And he always was very proud of, of, of representing the 43. And, um, so he said, why don't we do that and do, do a check it for Andretti campaign on the car. Uh, definitely, you know, want to bring light to, um, you know, the fact that people need to be getting screened, uh, need to schedule their, their colonoscopies. And we have now uh, have a foundation up and running, check it for Andretti. 
Uh, you can donate to this foundation, but what we are doing is uh, for those of you that are in need, are at high risk and uh, need a colonoscopy, but are not of age that your insurance company will cover it and you're needing help to cover that, um, contact us. I think we can help you. So uh, that's, that's really our mission is not only to educate and inspire, uh, but also to help those that, that are unable um, to, to get themselves screened. So uh, we're, we're very blessed and appreciative to all the donations we've had so far. Uh, we just got our, uh, our approval from, from the government, the IRS for our 5013C. So we're up and running, good to go, excited about it. I know that uh, it's something that John's wife, Nancy, and his kids, Jared, Olivia, and Amelia are very, very proud to carry on. I know my sister, Carolyn, sits on the board as well and uh, of the charity. It's, it's, uh, it's just really a, a huge effort of, of people that love John and, and don't want to see this, you know, happen. What could be avoidable happen to other families? And, um, and that's what's really, really a big part of the mission. So re really, when my dad passed away on December 30th uh, to COVID, he, um, that, was, uh, that was really what triggered a lot of the first donations into Cheka for Andretti, because that's where we asked for, uh, in lieu of flowers, for things to go. And it really, really kicked fire things off. So we're super excited about that. Delivery is good to bring some attention. And, and, and again, if it's Cheka for Andretti that inspires you, uh, we're proud of that. We love that. Uh, you know, I know Scott Legacy Jr. in our TA2, yeah. uh, he's got a wonderful story. He was in his mid-20s, um, you know, and Screen Your Machine is his story. And uh, because he was he was somebody that um, honestly not at risk for anything uh, and in his mid-20s and just on, on a hunch, the doctors were like, why don't you go get screened? And and they caught it. And had they not caught it, we wouldn't have Scott around our paddock, which would be a big, big, uh, big miss in that paddock. So um, you know, there's Captain Colonoscopy. He was a gentleman. He was a race <laughs> that came to uh, to Sebring and, and introduced himself to me. His name is Mike Michael Donahue, and uh, he has a son named Indy Donahue is what he named him. So <laughs> I was like, if that kid ever makes it to the speedway, he's uh, he's definitely got a little more clock carried on him. So, uh, but there's definitely plenty of places to be inspired by, and really everyone's story is the same as what my brother's was. Is uh, if you are going to do it for selfish reasons, you'll probably never go get it done. So think about your friends, think about your family, think about those that love you. And, and if you do it for them, uh, if you think about them, then, then you'll go get it done. You know, Adam, I, uh, I was thinking about this. I'm due for my colonoscopy right now, and I have put it off because of COVID. You know, I've gone to the doctor for a couple of things, but, you know, just kind of regular stuff. But I put it off thinking, oh, I'll do that. You know, it's not something you really want to <laughs> get excited about doing, but but, but it but you know I think COVID has also made it worse just from people putting off medical procedures and things like that too. Oh, Casey, you hit the nail on the head, and thank you for saying that because that's that's the biggest battle that um, that all of, all early screening uh, illnesses have have faced since COVID um, is that people are just ah you know COVID is is what's giving everyone the concern. And, um, and I, I've been saying it for a long time. I was like, if anything, you give any illness as much attention as we've given COVID, you're going to get scared of it all. Like if, if, if colon cancer was getting the attention of COVID, everyone would have been out and getting screened like, like yeah. yesterday, um, you know, so, and, and that's understandable. And COVID is extremely serious. Obviously we suffered the gravest loss that you could have it by losing my father to it. So don't think that I'm underplaying the seriousness of COVID. That's not it at all. But um, you can't allow uh, just that one illness overtake everything else that you have going. Like if you certainly, if you're due, you need to certainly get something scheduled. If you're experiencing symptoms, don't wait. No, absolutely not. You need to please go out there and, and get yourself screened and get yourself taken care of because these are things that are totally curable. Um, you know, my, my mother, a breast cancer survivor, but she caught it so early. She caught it so early and, and we're so blessed. Uh, for that. And, uh, you know, with John, if he had just had it been caught earlier on, on, uh, you know, had it not, had he got it at 50 and not 52 years old, uh, who knows what the story would be. Um, but, you know, you, you, everyone can certainly write their own story that's sitting here uh, listening to this broadcast or watching it live. Um, you certainly have that time to write it. So Casey, thank you for doing that, but uh, go get yourself scheduled, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. I'm I'm not going to put that off. I'm going to make sure that gets done. I'm all vaccinated now, so I'm ready to get out there and and uh, start doing a little more things than I was doing. So, I did that. Uh, you know, I, I did my first one about five years ago, and it was the biggest non-event. 
and relief because I yeah. knew what you just expressed. And uh, really, folks, there's there's nothing to it. It's the best nap you'll ever have, and you wake up feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> it it is a good nap. <laughs> I've never heard it put that way, Les, but man, God bless you. I, I dig it. We may we may use that. We may call you and have you as a quote up That's on the website ambassador. someday. It's my, my, uh, not that big of a deal, but you're going to have the best nap of your life. There you go. <laughs> well, Jonathan, tell the story of what made you and Adam start thinking about him coming on the show. I, I assumed it was Trans Am at first, but then I was like, wait, motorcycles? Tell, tell me, tell the story about that. Okay, so yeah, so I, I hobble on over to, to Adam and I said, man, you are going to come and join me in the booth. And he goes, well, I gotta, I gotta, my, my engine's not firing properly and I got this problem and that problem. He goes, but heck, yeah, I'll come in. <laughs> so, and I said, uh, well, I think you do a great job and, you know, you, you know, if you ever want to, you know, get get into commentary you know you're always welcome and he goes man what i really want to do is bike commentary and i said well you're talking to the right guy i did 20 years of MotoGP and world Superbikes, and i still you know we still do it so so that's when i i and, it, and so then he got excited and i just called him up but there's a story that goes with it because little did we know but the andrettis especially adam have an interest in bikes that probably nobody knows about was that <laughs> is that true adam uh, you know, it is rare. It is rare for people to know our love for two wheels, um, but it, it's there and it's raw and it's it's true. And, and uh, we used to laugh. My dad had a motorcycle endorsement, you know, on his on his license forever, but never, never had a motorcycle, never owned a motorcycle. But it was just that just in case the JIC, as we call it, <laughs> just in case, um, he, you know, he had it. But absolutely a passion for bikes back in, I believe it was 1992 or 93. Um, you know, obviously 500 CC motorbike, you know, motorcycles were around. They were at Laguna. Wayne Rainey had the bikes there. They were there testing. Uh, Mario, you know, through his relationship. Oh, may, excuse me. Kenny Roberts. It was Kenny Roberts bike. That's right. Yep. And, nice. and so Mario, through his relationship with Kenny Roberts, because they both won the world championship in the same year there in 78. Right. And so they, they obviously formed a wonderful friendship and relationship that still goes strong to this day. So, you know, he's got his team over there and Mario's like, you know, I've always wanted to see what it's like to ride one of these. And he's like, well, hike your leg over it and go. <laughs> so Mario did. And it, what was amazing was here's Mario in his 50s uh, hiking his leg over MotoGP bike and not leathers, but in his at the time Kmart Texaco Haviland, Alexander Julian designed Nomex, Nomex. <laughs> and he had they put knee pucks on him. Sure. So he had the knee pucks on and a helmet that was made to on a motorcycle to create lift, not necessarily plant it onto your head. Right. And a motorcycle for a car is quite a bit different than what they wear on a bike. And uh, he went out there and believe it or not, uh, he put down a time in eight laps that would have placed him on the grid for the MotoGP race. Ah! At that time. Oh, wow. Holy... That's wild. So you're, you're, you're talking about, um, you know, this, and, and you can't do that unless you have a passion for something. You understand? Like, and the only way you could go out there and hike your leg over something that has that much power. And those were light switches, as we all know. I mean, those things <laughs> were unforgiving. And Mar I, I'll never forget. It was it's a, a highlight of my life because it was I was a young teenager. And, and the, when I saw the video, Mario put it in for us at Christmas because it happened in November. So we're there at the house for Christmas and he puts the video in because he wants to show off to my dad, you know, his twin brother. Like, I mean, this is, they, this, this is a common passion they grew up having together as two young Italian boys. And, you know, so we're watching this and Mario's first couple laps, you know, don't, don't judge me. The tires are cold and, <laughs> and, hear him saying things it. <laughs> and, and we're like, nobody's just, I mean, this is amazing <laughs> what you're doing out there. There's nothing to judge because it, it's just, uh, it was astonishing to see um, him just get a hold of that thing and, and really grit, grit it by the teeth and, and, and get those eight laps in and, and Laguna, you talk to any MotoGP rider and Laguna is, I mean, it's the most wicked place to go around, and <laughs> and that's why the Americans uh, are so so strong there because they they turn laps there in a motorbike, and if you've never done that in a high powered motorbike, and your first introduction is coming there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's a rude awakening. I think any any one of those guys will tell you that. <laughs> well, so I want. Really <laughs> I want to get your take on some MotoGP, but guys, we got to squeeze in a break real fast. So let's go ahead and do that. You're listening to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas, back after these messages. 
As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Motivation USA. Catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP-inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Austin's Talk 1370. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show, and thank you, Mario Andretti, for bringing us back. We have Adam Andretti as our guest. I see his eyes light up on that. And uh, when we went to break, I said we were going to talk about MotoGP. Jonathan, why don't you try to give us a little catch-up for the season because we've already had two races in MotoGP, in Moto2 and Moto3. And then I want you to get Adam's take on all that. Yeah, well, it's a really interesting season. As you know or don't know, Mark Marquez has been struggling ever since his crash at Jerez at the beginning of last season. And he was out. He tried to come back the following week and struggled. And he's been struggling ever since. His brother Alex is now in MotoGP, and they were going to be the, the the force to be reckoned with. But he too is struggling. Um, so that has opened up MotoGP like nowhere, like like never before. I mean, MotoGP has been dominated by one or two riders over the last couple of decades. Um, and it's often that way. You know, it's the combination of the best bike and the best rider, and no one can touch them. Whereas now you've got several really good manufacturers, Ducati, Suzuki, Yamaha, who've dominated over the years. Uh, Rossi's now on a satellite um, uh, Yamaha, but um, not a bike that he's been on before. He's not. He's struggling as well. And so the whole field has opened up. So all these youngsters have come in. Quattararo, um, you know, Vinales is now hitting the, hitting the top. Uh, and Juan Mir, of course, uh, uh, also uh, right at the top and world champion. So... They, you know, while while the while the while the, the best is away, the rest will play, yeah. and they are playing as hard as they dare. Jack Miller in the in, in the in the hunt as well, and and so it's probably going to be the most open season of MotoGP, I think, in many years. And of course, we hope to have both Marquez's up to full speed, um, but uh, it really has really opened the door for some new winners, some new names to come to the fore. 
and it's really good. Uh, and also for America, more importantly, we've got two of our own. Joe Roberts, no relation, but Joe Roberts from California and the five-time um, American Superbike champion, uh, Cameron Bobier, uh, has gone over to Moto2. So we've really got some skin in the game now. And you heard Adam talking about, um, you know, Kenny Roberts. Uh, his son was also a world champion. But since Nicky Hayden and Colin Edwards, we really haven't had anybody in MotoGP. And so we're looking at these two as being the next. And in the first race at uh, Qatar last week, they were the first two Americans to both finish in the points since Colin Edwards and Nicky Hayden. And I want to say 2008, something like wow. that. Wow, that's so a big deal, a man. It's a big, big deal. And Adam, I know you follow it. Um, what's your take on what we've seen in the opening two rounds? Would you agree what I've just summed up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, from the to, from the the excitement down to the tribulations, for sure. Um, it, it's 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 we all hate to see the doctor struggle. Um, yeah. And and I, it's the whole SRT, the the whole Patronos group is over their struggle. I think we were all expecting uh, Franco Morbidelli to be coming out, and 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 the yeah. way he finished off twenty twenty, we were like, I mean, I think. I know me personally as a fan was like, I was really looking forward to what, cause they were the only ones not reinventing their package, right? He was going to be on the same package he'd always been on. Um, but the only thing that's changed again, I believe in the off season has been a little bit of the construction of this tire. So, um, you know, it's, it, we all saw what that did to Dobie last year. you know, Dobie looked like after 2019, he was going to be unstoppable into 2020 and give something to really work for. And then uh, the next thing you know, we have, um a rear tire you know construction change and he just couldn't get a hold of it yeah. um you know he kept on saying that in his press conferences listen the only thing that's changed is the rear tire i don't know what to, you know what to tell you but we can't get a hold of this rear tire for some reason so uh maybe it's a little bit of that um but yeah from that thirty thousand foot view uh that's what i see and then i mean just the your game our team i mean yeah my goodness, what he what he displayed today uh, oh, this weekend period um, from from blasting into a pole position and then, uh, you know, right in the race, the way he the, even he pointed out his own maturity at the end of the race. He, you know, he, uh, it was one of those things where he didn't go over race Zarco. He knew he recognized Zarco's position in the team, that Zarco is the leader in the team right now, um, had the, the potential to be the points leader, you know, at leaving this this event to die. And he is the points leader. So. Uh, that showed great maturity, and I really look forward to watching him blossom as a rider because uh, I think we've all enjoyed watching his performances through Moto3 and the Moto2. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, to the Moto2 thing, you know, it was, it, was, it was bittersweet, right, for the Americans. It was sweet the first weekend, hmm. and it was bitter this weekend. They both crashed within almost of a lap of each other. Um, Joe, I felt so gutted for the kid. You know, he was in his interview, he just uh, – he really, he, he took all the blame, you know, he took it all on his shoulders. He had, he, the wind caught him out off guard, but he yeah. wasn't using that as an excuse. He was, uh, he, he took it all on his shoulders and um, I don't want that to bug his confidence, right? He's such a strong rider. Uh, he doesn't need to let that hurt his confidence. Um, I think they're going to get into Europe, uh, you know, where he really, again, performs extremely, extremely well. Um, and that's going to be good, good, good news there. But uh, Raul Fernandez in the Moto2 bikes. Wow. Yeah. Man, what, what, what awesome performances from him. And, uh, and then Sam Lowe's, um, I don't know how you beat him unless he's sleeping at night with a stick. I don't know how. <laughs> <to beat him. laughs> good one. He is on a roll and they're gelling as a team and he's unfazed by, you know, he, he's one of the few guys that lay a bike down in a morning warm up and hop on that, you know, hike the leg over the bike and then just go out there and the start of the race and like nothing happened. And uh, that shows an incredible amount of confidence that he has in his own abilities and what that team is putting underneath him right now. And, and the only people that can crack that are internal. So it, it's, it's going to take a lot to break Lowe's up front there, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think Sam Lowe's is going to finally get his day. He's been there or thereabouts for the last few years. He won his first race in Moto2 here at Coda um, a few years ago. And I remember he, he'd sort of been, you know, sort of tempting it all year. And finally, he did it at Coda. And since then, he's not looked back. But I think this is the year. And to me, uh, growing up in England, he reminds me of the closest thing to Barry Sheen that we've ever had in that he walks the walks, talks the talk. Uh, he's a and he gets up when he falls uh, and, and dusts himself off and keeps going. And I think he's going to be a hard, hard guy to beat this year. 
I couldn't agree more. He's got a jaw on him like a rock'em sock'em robot too. Like <laughs> the, the guy, you know, he just could be a boxer. yeah, exactly. I mean, he's <laughs> uh, like my brother John says, he's like a ball of steel. You can't break, you can't break a ball of steel, and <laughs> and uh, that's what you have when you when you see a man like Sam Lowe. So it's it's a uh, it's a definitely a phenomenal thing to see. Like you said, I, I'm I've been a fan of his for a long time, and and I know that there was a lot of people that when he landed that Mark BDS ride. Uh, there was a lot of fanfare that was really harsh on, on that choice of Mark BDS. And I love that he's able to to kind of show what he's doing on that thing. And and I think this stays healthy, stays upright. This could be this could definitely be his year. Uh, I gotta tell you, I, I love hearing this appetite for motorcycles, Adam. Yeah. This week. So I so I've been, you know, we've all watched everything that was current. And so I've been going backwards. This week I watched a documentary on MotoGP rivalries called Faster. Yes. You need to check that out if you have it. I it, have. Uh, Very good. Yeah, and I, we just mentioned practically every name there except Kevin Schwantz. Sorry, neighbor. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah sorry, neighbor. <laughs> There's another one to watch too called The Unridables about that 500cc era right. that I talked about. And if you haven't checked out The Unridables, um, that is probably my favorite motorcycle documentary next to Road, which would be about the Dunlop family. Yeah. Um, which is another wonderful, just absolute in-depth look at that family and, and, and what they've gone through chasing their passion at the Olive Man. So, uh, yeah, I definitely have the passion for the two wheels that runs deep in these veins. Oh, that's fantastic. So have you ever uh, considered racing bikes yourself? Aha! <laughs> yeah, now we're here, Jonathan. Yes, <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, that was honestly, that's what I wanted to do as a, as a young boy. You know, I, I was, you know, I was begging my dad to go go go-kart racing and 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 he'd done that with my brothers and and it's a lot of work and uh, it's a lot of work as as anyone who's done it knows and um you know and and so i was i was trying to get him excited so i said you know we love motorcycle racing we would get up at that time we'd get up at all hours in the morning and watch it you know find it live and watch it live and and uh and we enjoyed it you know we just we and that was the Kevin Schwantz era, you know, so yeah. we, we were, we were involved with that a lot and, and, and excited to, to have the American that was doing so well. And, and so I said, dad, what about motorcycle racing? And he goes, you know, sh sh I don't know what to do there. Show me. And uh, so then I, I, you know, we, we used, I used my contact. I asked my uncle Mario and, and to, to, you know, hook up with Kenny Roberts and, and, and Kenny was so cool. Cause he, he laid it out like he said this is what you need to do and, and kind of even put down cost you know what the costs were and everything you know rough costs and and it was like half of what it would take to go run carts and cars and, sure. and so my dad was like excited about the cost and um but you know uh it's i i am um, i'm blessed to have a mother that loves me enough that felt like two wheels was <laughs> going to be good for my future and my health and and uh and that kind of what was squashing that but we went racing and and that was what was important and uh, but I, I do love the two wheels and, and I would have loved to hike my leg over a bike. But I tell you, as I look at these at, at these guys and what they do and and is it honestly something I would even be able to do? Like it is such a special skill set that I've recognized in my older age that my that a cocky teenager wouldn't recognize. And that I've <laughs> yeah. certainly recognized in my as I've advanced in my years that it's a super, super special talent uh, and commitment that it takes to do that. Well, Adam. I remember a story of these two brothers that snuck off to a speedway in, in Pennsylvania, I think, and were racing without their parents knowing, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll Yeah, know. you know, and, and what's funny is, um, uh, if you know the whole story, it didn't really work out well for them in, that, <laughs> in, in, in the immediate future. There, there were some punishments that came down um, that I, I, you know, I wasn't willing to face. And I've, uh, you know, I've got a huge amount of love and respect for my parents. So I wasn't, and not that my dad and my uncle didn't, it was, uh, I, I love that. I love that part about their story that they that their passion ran so deep. Uh, obviously, if my passion would have been as deep enough for motorcycles, I probably would have done that. I probably you probably nailed it right there, Les. Maybe it wasn't it wasn't as deep as I I like to brag that I think it was. Um, because <laughs> if it was, maybe I, I I would have snuck off and done something like that. Because my dad and my my uncle certainly did. Hey, Uncle <laughs> Kenny. Yeah. Right. Hey, yeah. no, you're you're right. Those guys are different. And when uh, racing, and, racing cars is one thing, but bikes, whew, 
And when you uh, and when you get Mario to call, I bet I bet uh, that phone call gets taken, doesn't it? I, I don't think I think Mario <laughs> doesn't really... have any problem getting any any phone calls returned. So, all right, guys, hey, we got to take another break. So let's get that out of the way now. And we come back, we'll continue our discussion with Adam Andretti. Listen to Speed City back after these messages. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Bob Varsha, commentator for Sports Cars, Barrett-Jackson, Collector Car Auctions, and more. You're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thank you, Mr. Varsha, for bringing us back. And if you don't know our Formula One coverage, you know, we do the pre- and post-race shows on the, on national radio for every Formula One race in between the play-by-play. And Bob Varsha has joined us this year. So if you want to hear the dulcet tones of Bob Varsha, uh, go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, and find out where to listen to our Formula One coverage every Formula One weekend. And uh, we're, uh, we're, we have our special guest, Adam Andretti, with us. And we're talking MotoGP, motorcycles, Moto America. And Jonathan, why don't we jump right into this interview that you did out at Circuit of the Americas with the guy who put down the fastest uh, test times out there this weekend. Yep, as you know, I did uh, World Superbike commentary for some 15 years for my for my penance, um, which I loved every minute of. Um, I now have a Labrador, and <laughs> I, I've been called called the Labrador because all I ever do is chase bikes and cars around. Um, but for many years, I chased bikes, and Loris Baz was a youngster coming up when I started and, of course, has gone to the dizzy heights of both MotoGP and World Superbikes. Um, he got lost in the tussle with Ten Carter, uh, he was going to be a factory Yamaha rider. He's just 28 years uh, old, and he's a very, very uh, good rider. He's about as tall as Ben Spees, if not taller. Um, and he's now come to America after those deals kind of fell through a little bit. But I think he's landed on his feet because he's going to ride for Ducati uh, um, in Moto America. And he's probably the biggest star of World Superbike fame outside of Tony Elias, who did both MotoGP as a world champion and, um, and of course, sorry, Moto2 as a world champion and MotoGP, but then went to World Superbikes later in his career. So to get Loris Baz into America is a really big coup for Wayne Rainey, 
Uh, and and we, re we haven't had a lot of change. Bobier uh, has been champion for the last few years. But finally, Bobier's gone um, over to Europe to do Moto2. So I think it's going to be an interesting season. And straight out of the box, uh, Loris Baz was fastest at Coda this week. They were here at Coda in, here in Austin for the last uh, few uh, few days. And because Ducati Austin, our big sponsors, uh, were down there, uh, I trundled on over after having my <laughs> COVID shot. Yay. And um, thank you, Mr. Mr. Epstein. And I sallied forth and had a word with said Loris Baz, the young Frenchman on his way up. You know, here I am. I'm coming to Coda for a first time to get my COVID shot. And mon ami is in front of me, Loris Baz. Long time no see. Long time no see. Qu'est-ce que tu fais? What are you doing in America? And I can see that you're with Ducati New York. Welcome to the United States. What do you think? So good, uh, enjoying it so far. Uh, great adventure starting. Like yeah, I had a call from uh, Bobby, from Ferracci, and um, yeah, it was um, it was a tough uh, period for me end of last year with um, Tenket pulling out from yeah. Superbike, and I just didn't want to ride like a shit bike. I just wanted a, a good project anywhere, and uh, yeah, that was a good project. Ducati is behind us. Uh, yeah, well. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the idea to come here and try to win the championship and go back in World Superbike with a good bike. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I came like uh, three weeks ago. We had the team lunch, we had a couple of things to do. And then, yeah, finally testing the bike here for the first time this week. And I really enjoyed it. Thursday uh, was even too good, you know, everything was so easy. We didn't have to change anything on the bike. We were super fast nearly break the lap record on day one and it was just uh, wow. amazing and then uh, I, I have to adapt to the Dunlop try to understand the tire so they to only focus on the longer uh, longer steam trying to understand how the tire drop um, it was pretty windy too and um, the bike is really reactive to the wind big fairing big wings mm -hmm. so it was pretty big uh, hard at the beginning but uh, at the end of the day we were really fast really strong pace so really happy looking forward uh, we have a big months ahead before the first race, trying to learn a couple of tracks with the standard V4S. Mm. And um, hopefully we can make a f one more test with a super bike bike. And then, yeah, it will be race time in Atlanta. For sure, we'll uh, go there and ha I will have to learn the track at the, um, during the first race. But I'm really looking forward. Like, I mean, it's a great challenge. And uh, I have some great guys in the team with, uh, yeah, Bobby from HSBK, Ducati New York, Ducati behind us, Ferrari, and just to have Ferracci in the box mm. is something amazing. This guy is Very just cool. a legend in Europe, you know, and uh, to have him in the, in the box and the way he's, he's still aware of everything and trying. He went on track every session to watch me and give me <laughs> inputs. Like, like he's, you don't feel he's, he's 85 when you see the, that guy yeah. talking to you. So just for that, I want to do everything to bring back the title to Ducati and to Ferracci. It's the, the last one was 94, so yeah. uh, it will be, it's time for, for Ducati to win again here. Why Moto America? Because obviously it's a big uh, shot in the arm for uh, Moto America to have a, a star from World Superbikes come to America. I mean, obviously we had Tony Elias as well, and we've had some, some great names here. And now some of them are going to World Superbikes or MotoGP or yeah. Moto2, like of course, uh, uh, Bobier and uh, Joe Roberts. But why, why here? Well, I, I, as I tell you, the, the plan was to stay in World Superbike. I was 99% uh, signed with Factory Yamaha in, in July. And then, yeah, just uh, racing world that um, things happened and, uh, and just uh, it couldn't happen. And uh, 10K was missing sponsor, didn't want to spend money anymore. And uh, that's it. So, uh, as I told you, I didn't want to ride uh, ride for ride. You know, I wanted some a great project and I wanted to... Uh, to be able to fight in front and uh, the only two ch national championships where I think you have the opportunity then to jump back in the world stage uh, is the BSB or the Motor America. Mm. Anywhere else is just an end of career, you know, like um, you go there to take money. Uh, it was not my plan. I'm not in end of career. I'm only 28 mm -hmm. and I wanted, I really want to use the opportunity to jump back to World Superbike. Uh, BS, we didn't even look for something, but just um, Bobby and Ducati in America were looking for a rider to, go, to ride this bike and to try to win the championship. And they called me, and when they called me, I was not so sure about that. I went to sleep, and the day after I woke up and I said, okay, I have to do it. I was sure that it was a great project. We just made sure that we had 
the great bike, the great because it's how it works. You need to have the great guys. Uh, mechanics coming from me uh, with me from Europe uh, so yeah it's a great project and then uh, yeah I woke up like this okay I have to do it, it was a, it's a struggle main, especially this year uh, with the COVID and everything it's not so easy to say okay I go in US to race you know so uh, but yeah it's it's nice it's nice really really enjoy it so far now you've obviously ridden against a caddy at Worldside Superbike level for many years how does this bike compare from your own ability to ride on it and from what you've seen with Chaz and others riding well the, the bike is just real racing bike you know uh, uh, pretty reactive uh, sensitive to the setup strong engine which is good for a tall boy like me uh, it's a bike that I like the tall boys because uh, Scott is really tall mm -hmm. Chaz is pretty tall and those guys always been always been fast on this bike so it's already something and we gain a lot of time to have some tall rider in this bike because we already have the I mean like the sizing from on the bike for them so i just asked the team to put everything from scott on the bike and i just had to move to change a couple of things uh so yeah i mean the only thing is um it's purely in one stage and we have dunlop here and we have to learn uh, sure. we have to set up the bike to ride with the dunlop but that's the only thing but i mean uh i don't think it's a big big uh thing to worry about it's just uh just need a bit of time but yeah um, pretty confident for this season. Well listen, for those fans in the States that may not have uh, seen you as much, what number you're riding do you know yet and what's your social so people can follow you? Well 76 like always uh, <laughs> and uh, just uh, Loris Buzz in all the social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook and YouTube. I'm trying to make some more things in YouTube this year together with the Good. team, trying to share the US adventure with the, all the fans I have all around the world, especially in Europe, but also here now, so it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Best of luck, bonne chance, mon ami. Merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> uh, awesome, Jonathan. I'm, I'm jealous that you were out there at Circuit of the Americas, but hey, Adam, I want to ask you about, uh, I mean, you seem to have an in-depth knowledge of virtually every motorsport. It's weird. I, get, I, don't, I don't understand how that can be with an Andretti last name, but what do you think about he was saying how to, about tall riders and motorcycles. I mean, it's it's a uh, it's something you just don't see very often. No, it's not. I mean, Valentino Rossi's not exactly a short guy, and and he's been mildly successful over the years. So <laughs> mildly, um, <laughs> only mildly. But uh, you know, absolutely, because uh, you know, a, a bike. It's one of those rare forms of motorsports too that that um, you know they don't in technical inspection they don't weigh you with the bike um you know they don't care what you weigh it, honestly the, the engineers do if you can be the light as possible and that's why those guys i mean they're on another physical level of any other athlete on the planet i'm far convinced of that and you know so when you're road racing a motorcycle you see his height is definitely a detriment i mean i think we both have watched MotoGP in the last two weekends the uh, jorge martin his starts are amazing and if you stood next to the guy you don't have to be very tall to tower over him he's a, he's a small little stature of a man and, uh, you know, I remember Danny Pedrosa, another one that would rock it yeah. off the starts, another really small. So definitely that that stature is there. But I, I do know that, like, for example, Supercross, you know, and, and that and that sport height is not a detriment. You know, size is not a detriment in that sport because having big, strong legs is what's going to get you through the whip sections of those things. And, um, you know, and being able to handle the endurance that it takes to ride those bikes. So, uh, you know. I, to, to translate that into, um, I, I, I honestly think that, you know, if you're a good enough rider, I don't think it really matters. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think it, 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 same thing in race cars. You always heard about it all the time. We need the, the smaller, smaller person in race cars, smaller, smaller, smaller. And then you got, you know, cats like, you know, Max Verstappen is not exactly a small person and he, and he goes like, like the Dickens and, you know, Paul Tracy was never a small person and <laughs> he's tough to beat. So, uh, you know, there, there's definitely, you know, if the talent is there, uh, I don't, I don't really put too much onto the size. And so I, I, um, I think other people get hung up on size and I, I talk, I say this as a six foot tall Andretti, if you know anything about <laughs> my yeah. family, um, that that's about as rare as they come. And, uh, I was the tallest until my nephew, uh, Matthew, you know, really outgrew me. So, um, you know, and that was definitely a title I was happy to relinquish, uh, cause size is usually not your friend in, in any form of motorsport, but I think, uh, 
if you got your program down and and you're you're skillful enough, you can overcome about anything. And this is one of those sports that you can, especially motorcycle racing, because uh, the athlete can make that difference. We see it, we see it on that Honda. You you alluded that Jonathan earlier the, the with you know Mark Marquez being out. It's really opened up this field. Uh, my dear friend Shane Donnie and I we were just talking the other day. We huge Mark Marquez fans. Love watching him. Love watching his style, but his absence has certainly made MotoGP this really, as you so eloquently put earlier, earlier, Jonathan, this open book of you don't know who's going to win week to week. You don't know how it's going to be. I mean, we had the top 15 today separated by less than nine seconds. And that used to be what Mark Marquez had on second place. Yeah. was nine seconds. (laughs) So it's, it's definitely an exciting, exciting time uh, to watch this motorcycle racing. So. You know, I got to comment on that about Loris Baz because, like I said, I, I watched him come through the ranks as a kid. And I talked to him about his height a lot. My co-commandant, Steve Martin, as we all know on the show, um, we talked a lot about it. And he said he worked a great deal on his aerodynamics of, 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 of going low on long straights um, and keeping his back uh, aerodynamically. Um, and he talked to Colin Edwards and a few other tall guys about that. But the advantage that a tall guy has is actually in the corners and in the balance of the bike because they have got long legs. And when they lean out, they they almost have a tripod effect of, of, of kind of, you know, a little bit more balance. Colin said it, it could be a huge advantage sometimes. So don't ever count out a, far, you know, a tall guy on, on a motorcycle. It has its advantages if you can tuck in. I agree. That leverage, leverage is king. You know, when you can have some leverage there and, and absolutely, if you got a long leg with some strength, that leverage... I honestly think some of the crashes Danny Pedrosa had were because his size, he couldn't yeah. bring the bike back to himself. Yeah. He was such a small guy that when that bike went to buck, that was a bull. That was a bull that just bucked him off and, and he didn't hang on. Um, we saw Jack Miller, who's not a small guy, no. hang on to the bike twice this weekend and some really, really yeah. wretched, <laughs> vicious looking high sign. The one that I think caught his rib a little bit. You saw him rubbing on his yeah. on his rib cage a little bit They're like the fuel tank tagged him in the ribs um but you know uh but yeah the small cats um and you know alex marquez mark's brother's not a not a short guy either he's a he's a long lanky one as well so i think you're seeing and, and i think it's just kind of what we're seeing with athletes period you're seeing more and more size on people and and uh period and just in and just as part of we were you know evolving if you will possibly and um, but yeah, don't let that overcome. Like you said, Jonathan, it could be that advantage. All right, guys. Well, I want to shift gears and Les, I want you to introduce this interview you did really fascinating story, uh, to help, help young people in, uh, in motorsports and automotive careers. Yeah, we, it's a, uh, it's something that, uh, driven to care is an organization that I was mildly aware of. And the more I learned, the more I loved it. And I got this opportunity to support it. It's really about, uh, Kind of going a little deeper into uh, the people with the wrenches, the people with the engineering, things of that nature. And so uh, really, it's just a it's a great opportunity. I hope you enjoy the interview and I hope you'll support it. All righty, folks, we have been following the up and coming young racers on Speed City quite a bit. But, you know, there's another group of young up and coming talent that uh, we really want to promote and encourage. And uh, the place that we're encouraging them to get involved in this is Driven to Care. Driven to Care is helping to promote and develop uh, the youth that are interested in craftsmanship and the trade of automotive, the automotive industry, quite honestly. So uh, we've got the founder of Driven to Care, Lisa Weinberger. Lisa, welcome back to Speed City. Thank you so much for having me and for giving us that opportunity that we want to have to impact students. You know, if you're not familiar with Lisa Weinberger and her husband, the the legendary, quite honestly, the legendary John Weinberger who passed this past year, uh, these folks have done amazing work. Uh, You've seen them at Circuit of the Americas running vintage cars. You've seen them at quite a few racetracks around the United States Mm -hmm. racing vintage cars. Tell us about your Celica. What's the history of that? Ah, my 72 Toyota Celica was built by Janet Guthrie, who's the first woman Indy 500 and the first woman Daytona 500 driver. And she built this car. She has her PhD in physics, and she actually built this car, and it was the first Toyota ever to hit a track. There you go. 
Janet Guthrie, lady, racer, builder, all of that. We're going to come back to that topic here in a little bit. But uh, give us a little bit of a history of, uh, of John specifically. How did he wind up being this, this legend in the automotive industry of, of the classic racing and the dealer owners? Well, first of all, he started out by not finishing high school, which is not something I would suggest. But the reason I bring it up is because success is really built on passion. It's not necessarily built on credentials. And if you have a passion, you'll acquire the credentials. You'll acquire the skills. So he started out as a technician, and he worked at an old Ford dealership in Nash Healy, and he wanted to become the service manager, but the owner of the dealership and didn't give him the job, gave it to his son's college-educated friend. And so John left crying that day and stumbled into a golf station that said for rent. And he didn't have any money, but he called the guy, and he said, I don't have any money, but I'd really like to rent the gas station and the owner said, no problem, you can pay with the proceeds of the gas. And that's how he started in business. And that was in Lyons, Illinois. Already a, uh, oh, home of the Lyons Drag Ra Raceway. So that was awesome. What a uh, shrewd businessman to take the uh, revenue split and make that work. But, uh, you know, John continued to work, became quite successful. The Continental Group in Illinois is, uh, is the result of all of his hard effort. Tell us a little bit about uh, at its peak, we had it with, uh, I think there were six brands around Continental. Actually, we had eight brands by the time of his passing, which were Acura, Mazda, Audi, Nissan, Honda, Toyota, Mitsubishi, and Ferrari. We had just sold Maserati, but he's had many brands in the past. He started with British Leyland cars like Jaguar, Triumph, MGs, and Nash Healy's. That's how he started in the business. And because he was such a good wrench and he started racing vintage cars as well, Toyota came to him and asked him if he would be an authorized dealer. And he was all excited that he was gonna get a sign that said authorized dealer. And that's what put him in business. And back then there was the oil embargo. And so people who were anti-Japanese sentiment back then, well, he became famous by Friday because the cars were so fuel efficient and still are to this day. And so that's how he started as a car dealer. So, folks, you can see uh, the, this high school dropout, for lack of better terms, with his passion made this happen. Well, that's not the easy way to do it, and not many are successful at that. And so, you know, I want to talk about Driven to Care, the charity program that uh, you and John instigated. Tell us a little bit about that. So Driven to Care, the name came from our Continental Motors group 10 years ago, we decided to give away refurbished used cars to people in need, individuals and families in need. And they were vetted through a charity and people that overcame substance abuse, homelessness, drug abuse, many different kinds of challenges. So I wanna to continue to use the Driven to Care brand to parlay that into scholarshiping our students. So we've always scholarshiped a student from a local high school near our dealership so that we can mentor them and expose them to what it's like to be a porter or in sales or in service or in finance and insurance in a dealership. But further than that, um, I decided that we were going to scholarship upon his death 10 students a year. And so the Driven to Care program currently, on top of giving cars away at our dealership, which is in Illinois for Illinois residents, is to... Um, scholarship kids in technical training, in vintage automotive restoration, in uh, engineering, automotive engineering, and in the business of dealerships. So the schools that we have will give them the choice and the options and expose them to all of those various options. The technical training can be done at any community college that has an automotive program or a university like Universal Technical Institute, which is a phenomenal campus setting. The Vintage Automotive Restoration is at McPherson College, and they are the only four-year college in the United States that offers a bachelor's in liberal arts, but has a full program for vintage automotive restoration from learning about engines, small blocks, uh, body, paint, upholstery, and the business skills of keeping the records. Then we have a relationship through the Society of Automotive Engineers up in Chicago, and we hope to branch that into Texas as well. And those are students that want to go into mechanical or electrical engineering, 
but have a penance towards the automotive industry. And then one more is Northwood University, which teaches business skills for car dealerships, sales, service, finance and insurance, and parts, and automotive communications and marketing. So I know that you're talking about this year offering quite a few scholarships from technicians as well as females. Tell us a little bit about that. So we have, we want to inspire females to be in this industry. And so one scholarship out of the technical ones is specifically and only for a female. And the other ones are open to male or female. So we hope to inspire women when we hope to, the one criteria that we have for all of our scholarships is students that have financial need. So tell us, who are the candidates that are likely to apply and have historically? Uh, ones that come out of automotive programs from high schools that have an automotive program. That is almost exclusively how we have done that and having the financial need. Um, because kids who don't have the financial need will get where they want to go anyhow. Uh, but we want to recruit students out of automotive programs like at Crockett High School in Austin, Texas, like Lyons Township High School in Lyons, Illinois, and various other schools. And we are having all of the scholarships administered by an organization called TechForce. You can look it up, techforce.org. So in addition to Driven to Care scholarships, which is in my husband's memory, TechForce offers $1.2 million of additional funds for techs. Wow, there you go. Well, it was by no accident that uh, Crockett High School was mentioned there. This evening, we've got Greg Wilson, automotive technology teacher from Crockett High School. Greg, what do you think of this program? Uh, thank you, Les. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Uh, it sounds like it's a really great program because in Crockett High School, there's a lot of need for that. There's a lot of kids that do need you know, help getting into a technical school. So I think this is going to go a long way to help them get to where they want to go. So I wanted to ask you, you know, over the years, I know you've been around the automotive industry quite a bit. Uh, the kids that go into it, have has it increased? Has it decreased? I think of computers more so than I do people picking up wrenches and actually turning something like that. Well, we're actually building up our program. There are more and more kids wanting to get into it. Uh, we do have limited space just because of the limited space that we have, but uh, we try to get as many in as we can and get them through the four-year curriculum that we do have at Crockett High School. Oh, that's phenomenal. Four years in a high school of, of this area going into automotive technology. So, uh, Greg, you think this is going to be something that's really going to be appetizing to your students? I really do think so. Uh, the ones that are interested in it will really want to get involved in it and this would be a life changer for them, and I think that they would realize that once they start seeing how this program is going. Les, this is a really cool program. This is fantastic. You you got this done. and uh, But, guys, we are just about out of time, and uh, we want to thank Adam Andretti for coming on. Adam, you were fantastic, by the way. I really appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you for having me. I, I thoroughly enjoyed my time here. I really appreciate all of you. Well, hey Adam, if we can get you back on, I've got Joe Roberts coming on after Portugal, so we'll we'll get a we'll get a chat with with a new up and coming star. I'm going to start writing questions now. <laughs> okay, good for that. Uh, I cannot. And if wait. you haven't, by I, the I, way, I, tell them about the documentary, John. There's a doco on Roberts. Oh yeah, Joe Roberts. You can find it on YouTube. You can get it on the MotoGP app as well, but it's all over YouTube. Just go to YouTube and Joe Roberts documentary, and it'll pop right up. But but, guys, oh, we are out of time. One last thing. Adam, what was the foundation again for uh, for colon cancer? Checker for Andretti. Yes, you can get Checker for Andretti, um, 107 Keats Road, Mooresville, North Carolina. Send any proceeds there, and then uh, they'll take care of it from there. Thank you guys so much. Yep, check it for That's Andretti. Great. All right, thanks, everybody. And, uh, of course, we'll talk to you next week. Happy oh, trials. Yeah.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.